Hey guys, when we get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real, it's going to be a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere else you can get your podcast. We're just so thankful you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. All right, so this one's going to be different, okay? This is going to be a different podcast. I actually had something else in mind for today, but sometimes based off conversation, based off of in-person conversation, text conversation, sometimes things are going to adjust sometimes throughout the week. So we're going to make an adjustment today, but I think you're going to see as we kind of go through it that this is going to be a good adjustment because you may be someone that's dealing with the same thing, okay? So I really hope that this can help you and encourage you on your walk with God. Um, here's our here's our topic, how to make decisions with God, <laughs> Oh, man, how to make decisions with God. So you might be asking, why are you laughing? Because I have, man, I have epically failed at making decisions with God. I failed at just making regular decisions by myself, right? It's making decisions sometimes, and especially trying to make the right decision with God, can be one of the most difficult things. That, that we can do as Christians as we're walking with God. So um, I hope that as we go through this, that this can really help you and encourage you as it has me as I'm kind of looking through some of this stuff today. So before we get started, I want to give like a, I want to give a quick disclaimer before we get started with our podcast today. This podcast and how to make decisions with God, I promise you, okay, this is not coming from a place of I've got it figured out. I've always made the right choices. I've always made the right decisions. You should listen to me. Why don't you know this? Like, this is not coming from that mindset at all, okay? So I don't want you to think that that's a mindset here. What I want you to take this podcast as is two people, just me and you as if we're on a walk or we're studying or on the phone together, whatever it is, I want this to feel like a conversation to where me and you, as we've made good decisions, as we've made bad ones, for me and you to look at scripture, let the people that we look at today, their decisions and how they made them with God, we pull those things out from the text. And I want you to see those principles that can maybe help us to become better in the future. Okay. So I just want you guys to know, this is not coming from a place of Jordan's got it figured out and he's teaching us how to do it because I'm still working it with you, right? We're all literally in the same boat together. Okay. So how to make decisions with God, all right? Man, I'm excited about this one because this one's really going to help us. All right, so making decisions, isn't that one of the hardest things to do? You ever just sit there and just, you you literally get yourself frustrated because you feel like you have lack of decisions, so then that's frustrating. So then when you have multiple decisions, that's a little better because you got choices, but now it, it can become more complex because you got more choices and more decisions. So then that's frustrating. And then it becomes frustrating when no matter what choice you got, sometimes it feels like it's not going to work in your favor. So then that's frustrating. So you see you see where we're coming from here with making decisions. And then what's, what's so hard about decisions sometimes is when you make those decisions, sometimes you're not making them just for you. You're making them for the people around you. So now you you heap so much pressure and maybe others heap so much pressure on you to make the decision they want you to make, to make the decision um, that everyone else thinks is best. 
And so you don't want to let those people that you care about down, but you also want to make the right decision too. So now you're stuck between the decision and then you're also stuck on the people's feelings about the decision, right? So you see how, um, I don't know, it's almost like you can see how this can get all knotted together and so confusing, right? So how can we learn to make decisions with God? Here's what I'm seeing, right? I'm seeing some things from the text. And again, this is like me and you are looking through this. We're studying through this together. Here's just what I'm seeing as I'm as I'm looking at some stuff in scripture. Here's the first one. How to make decisions with God. Number one, when God only gives you one choice. How do I make a decision with God when God only gives you one choice? Right? So let's start here. Let's start in Genesis 12. All right, I want you guys to see this. Now, we've covered this before, but we've covered this before in somewhat of a different context. But even though we've covered it before, what's so beautiful about Scripture is you can look at the same verse, and so many great applications can come from the same verse. So this is going to be a little bit different as we look at this text. So how to make decisions with God when he only gives you one choice. Now let's get some background. Chapter 11. At the end of the chapter, like 27 to 32 of Genesis 11, it gives us who Abram's father was, where they were, the land of Ur. They, then they dwelt in Haran. They dwelt there. And then how old his father was when he passed, where Abram was, all these things, who Abram had married and Sarai at the time. Lot was with him, his wife. It gives us Abram's background. Okay. So that's what we get in Genesis chapter 11. So I want you to notice all these things that Genesis 11 is setting up. It's setting up who his father was. It's setting up his father's household. It's also setting up the family that was built in his father's household. Not just Abram, but also Lot too. So it's 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 building Abram's story and where he came from. So then in Genesis chapter 12, we find ourselves in verse 1. Now, remember our topic, how do I make decisions with God? God is going to give Abram a choice here. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and make thy name great, and I will be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So notice, and I don't want you to, because I skipped over this. Oh man, I skipped over it. Now to see this, this is great. Okay, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Don't miss the, the two small words here in verse 1. And those words is and. Those words are and. A-N-D. The Lord said unto Abram, get out of your father's country and from your father's kindred and from your father's house. So the word and joins two things together, guys, right? We know that from our old schoolhouse rock days, right? And joins two things together. But here's what Anne can also do. Anne can also give context based on the context of the sentence. Anne can also imply what you haven't done before. So what did Genesis chapter 11, what did that text set up? Abram's father, Abram's country, Abram's father's house, and his kindred. It set up and it gave us a great picture of what all that looked like. So now... Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and is joining all these things that we just were introduced to in chapter 11 together. 
And God is saying, here's the choice. Leave all of it. Leave all of it and go to somewhere, go to a land that I will show you. So Abram didn't know. So how to make decisions with God when he only gives you one choice? See, here's the thing about Abram's choice here. It seems as if Abram wasn't planning on leaving. It seems like this is not something that Abram had planned to do or wanted to do. God gave him the choice. Get out from all these things. So now here's the thing that's interesting, how to make a decision with God. Who told Abram to do this? God himself. And so sometimes what we'll do is we'll look at those things from Genesis 11 in our lives. We'll look at our kindred. We'll look at our father's house. We'll look at where we are and we'll look at what's familiar. And then before we even get to potentially what the scripture says and how we should improve, how we should get better, how we should go towards people that are working towards and walking in the light like God, what we'll do instead of looking at that, we'll try to spend time justifying why I can stay. Well, let me stay here. I really don't want to make things different. I really don't want to rock the boat. I don't want my family members to think of me as different. And in some cases, I don't want my family members thinking that I'm leaving, so therefore they're not enough. So instead of dealing with that conversation with with them and with my friends and with my kindred, I just don't want to deal with that. doesn't mean I have to be a bad person, but I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to stay. So in that case, who made that choice? Right, we made the choice. So could Abram have made that same choice in Genesis 12? He's a free moral agent. Absolutely, he could have made the same choice. But God gave him one choice. Leave all those things that you know, and this is what I will do for you. So how does verse 4 start? So Abram left. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he left. Now, here's the... As we kind of pull this out, here's the difficulty of making a decision when God gives you one choice like this. Abram's leaving the things that he can see. I can see my father's house. I can see my family. I can see those that are around me. I can see my country. And you're telling me to leave for the hope of something that I can't see. That's that's so difficult in making any choice with God. Because sometimes, guys, and it comes in different forms, and as you grow and as you get better, you'll see it. I promise you will. But sometimes what God will do, God will give you one choice, and God will give you that choice, and sometimes God is going to ask you to leave things, places, people. God's going to ask you to leave those things that you can see and that you can hold and that's tangible and it's right there in your face that you can see. And he's going to ask you to leave for something that you have no idea if it will ever show up. Ever. Ever. You have no evidence. You know how difficult that is? And maybe you're in that situation. That is so hard. But Abram only had one choice. And Abram, think about this. And I want you to, and I wrote this down. I don't want you to miss this. As Abram left for 25 years from 75 to 100, there was no results. And I don't want you to miss this either. It's almost as if it was the same thing every day. I'm hoping for the same thing for 25 years. Nothing's happening. 
I'm hoping for things to get different. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. So now what's very easy to do to go back on your choice? So how to make decisions with God? When you make a decision with God, and this is just from personal experience sometimes, when you make a decision with God, there are so many people, friends, those you're close to, whoever it is, who may not understand it, who may disagree with it. And sometimes as things go down the line after you've made a choice, you're going to look crazy. You're going to look crazy. You're going to look insane. And so now you're going to start questioning yourself. And did I make the right choice? Should I have not made that choice? Could I have done more? Could I have, could I have done this? Could I have? So now that's why it's so hard to make a decision with God. But notice what Abram did. Abram made the choice. And yeah, here's what's so great about Abram from Genesis 12 all the way to Genesis 16 is I'm so thankful that the scripture shows us him falling, him falling, him falling within the choice for those 25 years. And so here's the thing, guys. Sometimes we have this connotation that when you and I make a decision with God, sometimes we kind of feel like after I've made the decision, after I've sacrificed, after I've given up something, after I've made the right choice, no matter how hard that choice was, man, okay, I gave it up. Now, I did exactly what God wanted me to do. And then somehow in our minds, we feel like God owes us something. And so then when we don't get what God what we want from God for making that choices and sacrifices for him, then we get frustrated with God. And so that's what Abram and Sarai found themselves in. They found themselves in a state of frustration with God. We sacrificed. We left our father's home. We left our father's house. We left our kindred. And we left for a promise that we still don't have yet. So now they started doing all these things, and now they started sin. And just just like we can do the same thing. So how to make decisions with God When God gives you one choice, sometimes when God gives you that one choice, no matter all the other choices that you have, go with the one God gave. Even if you have no evidence, even if it seems like there's no path, even if it seems like you're you're going crazy and you're going insane, stick with that choice with God. And Abram stuck with that choice through his ups and downs now. He stuck with that choice for 25 years. And then he got the promise. So how to make decisions with God when he gives you one choice, stick with that choice. Genesis chapter 11, Genesis chapter 12. Okay. So that's the first one kind of as we're, as we're getting our feet wet here and as we're building this foundation, how to make choices with God when he gives you one choice. So Abram had that one choice in Genesis 12. Now, now we get a little bit more difficult here. How do I make decisions with God when there's multiple choices? Now this is now this gets more complex. So now let's flip over to Genesis chapter 13. Right now, now I want you guys to see this. Genesis chapter 13. Uh, and let's begin. Oh man, there's so much. Let's begin in verse 5, Genesis 13. Now there's a choice. Now God doesn't give them the choice, but you have Abram and Lot. Now they have a choice to make together. Okay. Genesis 13. Um, beginning in verse five, and Lot also went with Abram and he had flocks and he had herds and he had tents and the lamb was not able to bear them all that they all might dwell together for their substance was great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle 
and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite uh, and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray you, between me and you, and between thy herdsmen and, and my herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Separate, I, separate yourself from me, I pray. If thou will take the left hand, I will go to the right. Or if you take the right, I will go to the left. So now you got a problem. You got everybody's flocks in one place. There's too much. So Abram says, let's not fight because we're brethren. Let's make a choice. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. There's no need for us to fight. So now there's a choice to be made, right? So now there's two choices. So Lot lifted up his eyes, verse 10, and behold, all the plain of Jordan, and it was well watered everywhere. Now stop right there. Notice what he's doing, and notice how the Bible is describing this choice. The Bible is describing the choice simply by looks, okay? The Bible is describing this choice simply by looks. Here's a, here's a tidbit of advice for you. And if you're younger, file this. If you're older, you can file this too. Never, ever, 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 ever make a decision on anything, any place, or anybody off of looks alone. Never, ever, 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 ever. So notice what notice how the Bible is describing the plane. The plane of Jordan was well watered. So now, notice what Lot can do now. Okay, I look over here. This is so well watered. But what am I used to? I'm used to fighting. I'm used to too much space or too little space. I'm used to people complaining. I'm used to barren land. You know what? Just off of looks alone, this is better than what I got. So you see what we'll start doing? So then once you start seeing, then you'll start comparing just based off looks alone. So then notice how the text keeps going. It was well watered everywhere before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you come to Zoar. So verse 11, then Lot chose all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves one from another. So Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So look at how the Bible breaks down his choice. It starts off by saying the land was well watered. Then after the land was well watered, notice what decision Lot wasn't looking at and how what he wasn't considering. Man, this looks great. Man, this looks like a great opportunity. Man, this looks like a great person. Man, this looks like a great. But you look at it, but then how does it describe what's in that land that looks really good? But the men that were in that well-watered land everywhere, all the men were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So Lot made a choice to leave Abram and to leave these things to go to a land that looked greener, but didn't look at the people in the land. So here's what can happen when we have two choices. Here's what we just do off rip sometimes when we have two choices. When we have two choices of things, and if one choice is what you're already used to, what you already know, what you've already been exposed to, and then you have a whole new choice that comes into play, okay? 
So now what we do initially is we compare the original decision with the new one. Man, what's better? What looks better? You know, one thing that I've learned, guys, and that the Bible has taught, and I know we say this all the time, but it is 100% true. The grass is not always greener on the other side, guys. It is not. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Here's where the grass is green. The grass is green where you water it. So what's the only reason why, according to the text, that Lot left? He left because Abram and there was fighting between the, between the kindred. And he left because there was no space. But what did Abram say? Abram said, we be brethren. So could it be possible? Could it be plausible that Lot could have stayed possibly and could have worked that with Abraham, even though there was not enough room? Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. But because I'm so tired of my situation, because I'm so tired of where I am, because you're so tired of being by yourself, because you're so tired of the same thing every day, because you're so tired of things being the same and nothing's fresh and nothing's new and nothing's coming for you, because you're so tired, literally anything else that looks a hint better than what you've got looks like gold. So you know what? Forget what I know. Forget this. I'm out. So then we make decisions just like a lot. So you see the problem there? So now when we have two choices, what we automatically do with those two choices, now we start comparing the choice. But here's the thing. Did you notice that when Lot and when me and you, as we were just kind of discussing that, when we compare choice one to choice two, where was God in that? Did you notice that? Just, just literally as we were talking, where was God in that choice? He was nowhere to be found. You see, and that's exactly how we'll make a choice. What we'll do is we will base the choice off of my knowledge of what I know about both situations. Why did I not ask for God's help? Why did I not ask for God's help if you want me to stay here as bad as it is? I ask that I may stay here if that's your will. If you want me to go here, let me know, help me to see, and I will go here. How come God's name was not mentioned? And so then you know what you and I will do? We will make those decisions, and then when we make a choice and then it doesn't work, then we'll put it on God. Well, I guess God didn't want that for me. No, God wasn't involved from the start. So now you're really back to square one. So now as you and I make choices with God, yes, we have to do our due diligence in looking at things. But God's name in prayer and God's name in those choices has to be known and said. It's got to be. And sometimes you can trick yourself into thinking that God is a part of your decisions because you're a Christian and because you follow God. Well, God's automatically in the process. No, he's not. You have to ask. You have to be humble enough to ask him. We have, a, we have somewhat of a self-pride sometimes to think because I'm a follower of God, God is automatically in the decision. No, we got to ask him. We have to ask the Lord to come to be a part of this, be a part of what I'm seeing right now, be a part of what's coming into my life right now, be a part of who's showing up in my life now, being a part of the place that's showing up in my life now. Don't just assume. You got to invite the Lord, ask him. 
What what did he say in Matthew chapter 6 and 7? Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. But here's the thing. We're not asking and knocking by ourselves. We're asking God as I'm asking these questions about these things, places, and people. As I'm doing those things and knocking about it and wondering about it, Lord, please, I beg with all humility, please be right here by my side while I'm doing this. Please help me to see what I need to see. Please don't leave me. Please be a part of this decision, this decision that I have to make. Please be a part of this, of what's going on right now, a part of these changes, a part of these people coming into my life. Please be a part of it. We have, I think, and this is, and I can, again, like I said, when I started this podcast, I can only speak for me. That's the self-pride that's so easy to have that I've had before. And I'm sure you have had as well. You can automatically think, well, I'm a follower of God, so God's automatically in this decision-making. That's, that's, that's some arrogance there. So we got to be careful. When we make those decisions, you have to invite the Lord to be a part of the process. Why? Because God wants you to use your free moral agency to invite him in. Let him be a part of your life. He, before you make a choice, the choice he wants you to make is have me in this. And that's where we fail. That's where we fail. We may ask him, Lord, Lord, do this, Lord, do that. But are you a part of this process with me? Don't please do not underestimate praying that the Lord helps you to see some stuff. Don't underestimate letting the Lord help you with things. Don't underestimate praying to the Lord and asking him to be a part of every every phone call, every conversation, every visit, every whatever. Do not be afraid to, to invite the Lord on the process because he wants to be a part of it. But you have to ask him. And no wonder he said, ask me and I'll help you. So maybe the reason why we've had trouble making decisions is because internally we think God is with us while we make these decisions, but we haven't really invited him along in the process. Invite him along in this process. So here in Genesis chapter 13, who made this decision here? Lot made it. God wasn't with him. Lot made the choice. But in Genesis chapter 12, since God offered the choice and God talked with Abram, who helped Abram make the choice in Genesis 12? God did. Y'all starting to see the difference here? So now, when we really think about it for you and I, up to this point, even as a follower of God, to be real, you got to be real with yourself. You have to be honest. Who's really been making the choices? Your feelings, what you think, what you think you know, what you want people to know. Who's really been making the choices here? And unfortunately, I think the answer is us. So we have to get back, guys, to inviting the Lord to be a part of every decision and problem. We just we got to get back to it. We just have to. All right. So this is how we learn to make decisions with him. So sometimes it'll be one choice, but he needs to be a part of it. Sometimes it'll be two choices like Genesis 13. Right now, there'll be two choices. And God wasn't even in that choice. God wasn't even in that choice. But then here's a difficult one. Here's a difficult one that I think as you get older, 
sometimes you're going to find yourselves in more of these situations. Even though the situation is rare, you're going to find yourself in this at some point. So we've looked at how to make decisions with God when he gives you one choice, how to make decisions with God when he gives you two choices. But then here's the third one that I see as I'm as we're pulling this out from the text. How do you make decisions with God when all the choices are bad? That's real. This is real. Okay, this is this is this is a whole nother level. How are you going to make a decision with God when all the the choices that you can make on the table when all the choices are bad? And when I mean all the choices are bad, you might not benefit from making any choice. And to be honest with you, any choice that you make, you're probably going to suffer somehow. So how do I pick the right one? <laughs> okay, now now this is getting real. Okay, so look at this. Look at 1 Chronicles 21. 1 Chronicles 21. Now, y'all want to see some wisdom. Here's some, here's some wisdom here. 1 Chronicles 21, and I want you to, ooh, where do we start? Like verse 7. Okay, so now as we're looking at this text in 1 Chronicles 21, Israel and Judah, beginning in verse 1, like 1 to 6, Israel and Judah was numbered, but God did not want uh, the people to be numbered. And so as uh, as the people are numbered, now we find ourselves in verse 7. So David numbers the people, even though God didn't want him to. Now in verse 7, God was displeased with this thing. And therefore, he smote Israel. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly because I've done this thing. But now I beseech you, do away with the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Now, let's just break this down as the text is just, just giving us some nuggets here. So David does the right thing here, doesn't he? Lord, I've done wrong. I was foolish. I didn't do the right thing. I was wrong. So is he involving God in his choice? Absolutely. Is he, after after he sins, is he still involving God? Yes, yes, he is. This is great. Now verse, verse 9. And the Lord spake unto Gad, David's seer, and said, Go to David, and said to and and say to David, Here's what the Lord says. I offer you three things. Choose one of them. Now, here again, how do I make choices with God when all the choices are bad? Okay, you've repented. I'm thankful. But here's, here's my decision. Here's my decision, David. Choose one of them, and I will do one of them to you. Verse 11. So Gad came to David and said unto him, Here's what the Lord says. Choose. Okay, now we got decisions to make. Verse 12, here's choice one. Either you will have three years of famine. Here's choice two. You will either have three months to be destroyed with the sword of your enemies and he, and they overtake you. Or here's choice number three. You will have three days that the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying all the coasts of Israel. Now, therefore, advise yourself with what word I will bring again to him that sent me. So Gad said, you have three choices. You have three choices. So God said, pick one. And when you make a choice, I'll be back and I'll tell God what you want to do. Now, if you look at David's choices in verse 12, 
all those choices aren't good. <laughs> There's they're very bad. You can either have three years of famine, you can either have three months to be destroyed by your foes, or you can have three days of pestilence in the land. So what do you want to do? And David, verse 13, he said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Stop right there. We got to stop. We got to stop right there. There are going to be times, guys. And again, you may not be in the position because of age or I don't even want to say that. Sometimes you have to make tough decisions based on the age, but you might not be there yet. But if you are there, there is going to come a time. Okay, please, please do not miss this. There is going to come a time where you're going to have to make a choice. And no matter what angle you look at it, no matter how much time has elapsed, it literally doesn't matter whether it's you that's going to be hurt or someone else is going to be hurt. There's nothing you can do. And you're going to think 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 and you're going to invite the Lord and you're going to pray and you're going to pray and you're going to think and you're going to think and you're going to think. But there's no other choice to be made. And that's going to be the one of the hardest days of your life. That's going to test your faith. And notice what David said. Even before he gave an answer, David said, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm in a straight. You feel like that in a decision that you have to make? I'm stuck. If I make this, then I still got to deal with this. But then if I make this decision and leave this, then I'm still stuck with this. So I'm stuck. Either one, either, either thing doesn't solve a problem. So what do I do? You're going to, sometimes you're going to be put in a situation where no matter what choice you make, a problem might not be solved, but you might make the right choice. Okay. So now look at what David does. Let me fall now into the hands of the Lord for very great are his mercies, but let me not fall in the hands of men. Y'all want to talk about some wisdom right here? Oh, y'all, please don't miss this. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord. Here's, here's something that I'm still learning. I haven't learned again, like I said at the beginning. But here's a concept that's just beautiful. Sometimes, guys, there's going to be decisions. And when those decisions are going to be made, sometimes the best thing that you can say is I'd rather fall into the hand of the Lord because he is so merciful than fall into the hands of men. So how do we know that? Let's break down David's choices. Choice one, you have three years of famine. So why would that be a bad choice? Let's break these choices down and let's see how David picked the right one. Okay, so choice one, I can either have three years of famine. Okay, so if I have three years of famine, the rich would survive, which, okay, we have some people surviving in Israel, but those that are poor would die off. So David being rich, okay, I would survive, but the nation wouldn't survive. So there's more poor and middle class and rich. So then that means if we do three years of this, we may survive, but we have to rely on all these other men. And we have no idea what these other nations are going to make us do. So in choice number one, would he be falling in the hands of God or would they be falling into the hands of other men who may influence them? They're falling into the hands of other men. All right. 
So that's not it. So we're we're ruling out choice one. Choice one's not it. So then choice two, God said I could have three months to be destroyed by my foes that overtakes me. So if we have three months of that, our foes can overtake us. Now they can influence our nation and we have no idea what they're going to do for us. So is that the right choice? Is that falling into the hands of God? No, that's not either because now we're dependent on our enemies and our enemies now are now a part of us now. So that's not the choice either. But then the third choice, you can have three days, watch the text now, you can have three days that the sword of God even will send pestilence or famine throughout the land. So now, even though it's a punishment, Who's still involved in the punishment? God. Okay, that's the right choice. So will I still have to suffer in that choice? Yeah. Will it not be fun in that choice? No, it won't be fun. Will other people disagree with me with that choice? Probably. Will other people not understand my thought process and why I made that choice? Most likely. But that's the choice that had God involved. And so David said, you know what, what we're going to do, we are going to fall into the hands of God, rather fall into the hands of men. I choose number three. Sometimes, guys, how to make a decision with God when all the choices are bad. Sometimes there's going to be choices that you're going to make that there's nothing that you can do. Sometimes no matter what choice you make, somebody's going to be mad at you. No matter what choice you make, somebody wish you would have made another one. No matter what choice you make, somebody may not trust you because now you made that choice. Sometimes you're just going to have to suffer. That's just the reality of making choices. But then on the other side of it, the Lord was involved with that choice. And so the Lord was merciful. But as, as we look at that text, the suffering was there, verse 14. So the Lord sent the pestilence upon Israel. And there fell of Israel 70,000 men. That's suffering, isn't it? But what would have happened if he would have picked the other two? That 70,000 could have doubled to 14, could have tripled to 21. But David said, you know what? We got to choose number three. Because with number three, yeah, there may be suffering involved, but God's involved with it. And sometimes, guys, if you're going to suffer, Don't suffer because of what men can do to you. Suffer and go under the trial of God. So sometimes, guys, you're going to have to make a very hard decision. And sometimes I think what we do when we look at decisions and we look at decision one, well, if we do that, what will that solve? Well, then if we do this and this doesn't happen, sometimes I think what we do, we try to pick which one is less suffering. But sometimes when you make a decision, you just have to know going into the decision, okay, somebody's not going to like this. Somebody's going to say I'm this. Everybody may say I'm this. Okay, that's just going to be a part of the process. But I got to make the choice. Sometimes, guys, you just got to have to make the choice. But what's so great about this is how to make decisions with God. Quickly, here's the last one just off the top here. I think about Solomon. When Solomon, when he gained the kingdom, Solomon told the Lord, 
Lord, I'm the king. There's going to be tough decisions. I am but a child. I don't know how to be. I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to go out. I want wisdom to know how to deal with your people. And the Lord gave him that. And sometimes as you and I make decisions with God, I think our focus is wrong in making decisions. I think the result of making the right decision is good. And that should always be the goal. Make the right decision. I think that should always be the goal. But I think this should be the pre-goal before that goal. I think the pre-goal before we make the right decision is to have God involved. Always have the Lord a part of what you're doing. This will not make decisions easier. This will not make suffering easier. This will not make sacrifice easier. This will not hold back tears. This will not hold back things being hard. This will not hold back hard times. This will not hold those back. Most likely those things may come in bigger waves because of the decisions that you've made. But you have to trust Hebrew chapter 11, verse 1, you have to trust the God that you follow. And if I have to suffer now, I trust the God that I follow because of this decision. If I have to be alone now, I trust the the father that I follow. If you have to go through it by yourself and it's hard and it's difficult and you don't see a way and there's not a path and there's no answers and things get tough and it's the same thing like Abram, You have to trust the one that you follow. So, yes, you want to make the right choice. I'm not saying don't focus on on making the, the right choice. Yes, you want to make the right choice. But don't try to make the right choice without God. And don't try to run from the suffering. Because the suffering is what it's what builds you to be like the one that you follow. So I hope that as we kind of go through this, this this is not easy. I mean, I still struggle heavily with this. This is not this is not a this is not an easy thing. This takes wisdom, this takes prayer, this takes reading scripture, this takes having uh conversations with God, this takes it takes a lot, <laughs> you know. It takes a lot, a lot to make decisions with God. But God wouldn't leave us in a position where we would do this without him. So always have him involved with these things. Even if suffering comes, have him involved. If good things come, have him involved. If nothing comes, have him involved. That's how we make a decision with God. Don't Like we talked about before, don't have that silent arrogance that because I'm a follower of God, God's already automatically involved in the decision. Ask him. Keep asking him. Keep leaning on him. Keep depending on him. Even when things don't make sense and the and the fire gets hotter and things get more difficult and things come and go and it's hard and it's difficult and it's like this, this giant, I don't even know how to describe it, just this thing just covering over you because you don't have vision and you can't see and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Just trust in him. Don't be afraid of the decisions. Okay, so I really hope that that can help you and encourage you Um, as it did me. This always kind of gives me an extra boost to look at look at these hard things sometimes. And I think we we can't be afraid to look at the hard things we got. We got to be we got to be willing to look at how we can get better 
and how we can grow with God. So love you guys, man. I really appreciate you guys. Really love you guys. I know a lot of you guys have hard decisions to make, and I get it. I get it. And please reach out if decisions are hard. We can pray together. Have more people praying on your behalf. We can be there for you. Pray for you. Please, please, please reach out if you need that help because we're here. We're really here to help you guys out. So love you guys dearly. Appreciate you guys. Um, And Lord willing, we'll be back with another podcast on Monday. Thanks, guys.